Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. I am Samuel Smith, your host, and today, guys, I've got a special treat. I'm joined by an international best-selling author. He's an app designer and uh, a self-proclaimed serial entrepreneur. Uh, please welcome, guys, to the show, Robert Riapel. Robert, welcome, buddy. It's good to have you here. Uh, thanks, Samuel. I'm, I'm knowing we're already having fun, so we're going to have a blast. So I'm feeling so blessed. <laughs> we we do. We, we always have a chat before the shows. I always, when, when a guest comes in, and, and Robert's not in my immediate circle. He actually he actually came to me through a uh, through a connection. And so we've, we've been getting to know each other the last 10 minutes. I don't think there's been 30 seconds gone by. We haven't laughed a little bit. So, um, Robert, let's just jump straight in, man. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, because uh, you've got such an amazing resume. Just give us a, a, a real quick overview. Yeah, thanks. I am for the last 18 and a half years. I've been blessed to travel around the world training live trainings. And this is, of course, BC before COVID. Mm -hmm. And where I was traveling on average 200,000 miles a year, doing three to five day trainings, anywhere from 100 to 6,000 students at a time. And I'm on stage for up to 12 hours a day, living my passion, doing what I love. Now, because of my business experience and all the mistakes I've made, I've learned what balance more is in my life. And that's why I'm excited about our, our talk is because, you know, when I first started my training career for first four and a half years, I was going so full on doing 40 to 50 trainings a year, only on at home on average two days a month. Oh, wow. And then I got burnt out. Mm -hmm. And because I wasn't taking care of my health, I ended up going through two back surgeries as well. And so after that, I decided to take a year off, but it turned into three and a half years because of the surgeries and the rehabilitation and the rehab. And when I came out of retirement, I was like, you know, that didn't work. Overliving my passion, bad. <laughs> Not living it at all, just as bad. I yeah. wanted a little more balance. And what's interesting that I learned, Samuel, is that people think balance is like, everything's got to be perfect. It's like, oh, that's not reality. <laughs> I figured with a name like Sam Smith, I got to try some singing, right? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. I, I like all of his work. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so what I realized, though, is because we're always in flux and we're always changing, to me, balance is what adjustments are you making? Yeah. And so yeah. when I came out of retirement, my decision was I will only do... 20 trainings a year, wherever in the world I'm used, so that even with all the flying, I'm still at home six months a year yeah. to take off. Yeah, I like sense. my time off. I love my time off. And so that's what I've done since retirement is I've now been, you know, again, BC before COVID traveling around the world. And today, though, I've gone virtual because I've had to do a, a total complete reinvent because yeah, of yeah. what's going on in the world. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I I like the the balance thing, man. You know, a lot of people will get so focused and caught up on the actual grind and on making money and on building a business, they forget to take care of their family. They forget mm -hmm. to take care of their health. They forget to take care of their personal finances. They forget to take care of their friends. Like, and all of a sudden you turn around and, hey, my business is seven, eight figures. Life's great. And then, wait a minute, my back is fucked. My health is gone. You know, I'm yep. overweight. I might be drinking too yep. much. And yep. dude, it's a mistake we all make, man. And you thought you didn't know me. <laughs> <laughs> well, except for, you know, I, I will say um, on the, the relationship part, I've been very blessed. My wife and I met when we were 13. We started dating when we were 16. We got married when we were 19. And we just celebrated our 32nd wedding anniversary a couple months ago. Congratulations, now, do not, man. Do not do the math on my age, though. <laughs> do, you, do you think, though, do you think that had anything to do with the fact that you weren't home all month and she could get some peace and quiet? Well, no, actually, we've always done business together. And oh, even right when, when I was traveling so much, I was on stage. She was running logistics. Mm. Now, you'd think we were together, but unfortunately, we weren't because running logistics, she was up an hour before me and in bed about two hours after because as the trainer, I had, and it was a tough one. I actually oh, yeah. had to give myself permission to go to bed and get ready for the next day, 12 hours on stage, even though she was doing 18, 19 hour days, I couldn't. And so even though she was with me, she wasn't, we weren't connected, mm -hmm. if that yeah. makes sense. And then she actually stepped back a couple of years um, ahead of me before I took my break. And then she still traveled with me a lot because she became my greatest coach. 
because no one in this on this planet knows me better than my wife does. And so she could sit at the back of the room, watch me on stage and know if something was bothering me and we'd have lunch together. And she goes, oh, so what's wrong? And I'd be like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that doesn't work. She's like, bullshit. Yeah. And, and she'd drag out of me what was going on and help make adjustments. So and that's been an absolute blessing in my life because I believe in, especially for entrepreneurs, success and wealth means in your mental, your emotional, your spiritual, your physical, and your financial. All of it. You've yeah. got to have it in all areas or mm -hmm. else you will sabotage the other areas. You know, the areas that don't will sabotage the areas that where you're doing well. Oh, that, that's exactly the mistake I made. I mean, that's what led to the collapse of my, uh, my companies. It was the, the fact that I was so far out of balance. I was making all the money in the world. I just wasn't taking care of all the other fundamentals of life. And yeah. as a guy in his mid-30s, um, all that other stuff was just hippie shit. It was something I wasn't prepared to listen to. I wasn't prepared to accept it. And I wasn't prepared to talk about it with anyone. This was just me carrying my shit. I'm making money. I'm the man. And it, it didn't work. And I know um, everything. I, I know oh, everything. God, yeah. yeah. Tell me. God, I know everything, man. Everything. Like, I'm just no. wasting, my, wasting my time reading books. But no, I mean, it, I wasn't quite that arrogant. I did read a lot. Um, I, but I, I figured out building these companies without resources or without a coach or without any of this. It was just trial and error. Um, but all I was focused on was building the companies. And I wasn't yes. focused on health, which, you know, now a few years later is, is something that I have to take very seriously. Um, you know, when COVID came around, you get two choices, don't you? I can either keep eating, uh, as Thomas Keenan would say, Oreos by the sleeve and just hanging out on my couch. And but Wait, that's not normal? <laughs> <laughs> Those people that know me know that Oreos are reserved for Thanksgiving only. Like I will buy one mm. pack a year, one pack of the double stuffed ones, Thanksgiving only, and that's it. I'll eat them till I'm sick. No then, Tim Tams? I don't even know what that is. What is that? Oh, come on. That's an Australian thing. I'm Australian, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Believe <laughs> it or not. Well, okay, with the meat, you're messing me up with the meat. So, okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's a decided, there's, there's a, there's a, a large number of shrimps on my Barbie, but I am not, uh, not Australian. Uh, okay. So uh, um, I was introduced to that by my, uh, when I started going to Australia to do trainings. And because they do what's called a Tim Tam Slam. It's a cookie that's got chocolate wafer, chocolate wafer. And what you do is cookies about this long, about this wide for people who are watching. And you bite a corner off here, bite a corner off here. And it becomes like a straw and you suck up either coffee or hot chocolate or something through it. And it melts the chocolate is going through. Oh, delicious. That, that but, does sound uh, like something Australians would partake in. Um, <laughs> but you know, they say Australians are just like British Texans. So I'm, I'm kind of kind of sort of there. I'm kind of there. Well, there. see, that, that must be where I made the connection. <laughs> <laughs> let's get this back on track. Oh, let's, okay. talk, let's talk about some training. Uh, this this <laughs> fundamental training you do as a serial entrepreneur. He, uh, he does have a... Uh, natural predisposition towards his Wheaties. Um, but tell us a little bit about the training that you do and the message that you put out, man. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, with all the travel I've done and, and watching all these successful people, I've been blessed to share the stage with some of the top thought leaders in the world. And I've watched, I love to watch. That's why my first book, Success Left a Clue, it's all the clues of success. I'm working on my new book right now called The Authority Key. Okay. How, no matter what job or business you're in, have you ever noticed, and I'll ask you this question, Samuel, have you ever noticed someone can have the same knowledge and experience as you or less, but yet they make more money? Have you ever seen that happen? I could imagine a scenario where that would happen, yes. Yeah. Um, I, 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 haven't had, I haven't had a job since I was 23. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you and I both. And, and so the big difference is, is someone's positioned as an authority versus not. And it's not necessarily the knowledge you have, it's how do people view you? Mm -hmm. And yeah. there's a lot of people that talk about, here's the practical ways. Like, hey, hosting a podcast elevates who you are as a, an authority. But what's been missing is who are you as the person to be able to handle that success? That Ooh. will come with being seen. Dude, and let's so go down that path. Yeah, let's yeah. go down the path of the authority book. Yeah, let's do that. Dude. Yeah, and, and one of the things is something you've already talked about. See, I, I talk about what's called the four phases of life. And one of the biggest phases the second phase is uh, what I call the pamper phase. Most entrepreneurs, the reason they implode, the reason they end up self-sabotaging is they forget to take care of the pamper phase. When you enter a pamper phase, this is when it's time to either book a vacation or go on a vacation. This is the time to get a manicure or pedicure or a, a massage. Mm -hmm. This is the time to take care of you. 
And so in the pamper phase, one of the things that I do to have that more balance in my life, I live by the calendar on my phone. Mm -hmm. And when my wife and I go to do our calendar, the very first thing we enter before anything else is this. You've heard it um, in wealth, wealth rule number one, pay yourself first. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if that's true with money, why wouldn't you do that with your time? I like that. I like that. So we put our balance pieces on first. So this is time together, time uh -huh. with family, time with friends, time yeah. for ourselves. And so instead of waiting to have time at the end, because like one of the things you mentioned is all of a sudden you start ignoring your friends. So oh, yeah. I yeah. put time on here for the people that are important in my life and especially my own health now, because after two back surgeries, I won't go through that again. I will not put myself through that again. So it goes on my calendar first because the pamper phase is so important because the third, um, third phase is called the energy phase. Okay. This is the productive phase. This is the time to get shit done. This is the time you do meetings. Today, I'm in the middle of a energy phase day. My first um, training, I started at 5 a.m. my time. I'm not done. I've got six interviews, two live trainings, and six power mentoring calls today. And I don't finish my last call till 8.30 p.m. my time. So that's a, from 5 to 8.30, just in actually being on Zoom, do the math, that's 12, 15 and a half hours. That's a lot, yeah. Right. And so the only reason I can do it, like at the end of the day, am I going to be tired? Yes. But am I going to be wasted, burnt out? No, because I take care of the pamper side because that's what goes on my calendar. So now, now it's time for me to amend my calendar because my calendar begins with, you know, wake up and then go exercise, uh, eat that frog, get it out of the way, get the social media posts done, um, go pick up my kids, take them to school, make sure I've got time with my boys. And then it's just between meetings uh, and work. Um, I never put, like my pamper time is making sure I get to the gym and making sure there's time blocked out every single day for my boys. But I don't do the whole self-care thing. Of the game. I live yeah, on a, live on a calendar, game. man. You, you have yeah. to. You've got to use that right. time intentionally. And like, I hate working out but I love how working out makes me feel when I'm done. Yes. So I yeah. get it done first thing in the morning, get it knocked out. It's off my plate because every time I'm like, oh, I'll do it tonight. I get sat on the, sat on the couch at the end of the day. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I can wait till tomorrow. I, I don't and feel it, like it never it. gets done. It's not really important. Exactly. It's just, and an, see, this is, you I, and I have so much in common, even though we've just met literally you know, just look, met March 10th, 2020. I've land back in Canada from doing a three day training in India, mm -hmm. March 11th, I get locked down because I was in another country and my world changed. All of a sudden, all my live events around the world are being canceled, mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue gone. Yeah. And yeah. I had a choice. I could sit there and play the victim, which I did for a couple of weeks. I, I actually, my mind made me sick. Not sure what this COVID thing is. Do I have it? Don't I have it? My wife who refused to isolate me and will want to take care of me. She got sick. There's times in the day we couldn't be awake for more than half an hour to an hour at a time. Mm -hmm. And we were this way for about two and a half weeks before we finally got the test, realized we were negative. And it's like, look what our minds just did. Mm -hmm. And once we yeah. came through that, we asked two very powerful words. We said, what's next? Because we knew we had to do and reinvent. And because my personality is I will go hard on when it's time to get stuff done. So my first few days of, um, or first few weeks of reinvention, I was going, because I have students all over the world, 6 a.m. to 1 a.m. nonstop. Mm -hmm. And I was getting burnt out. My wife finally made one adjustment to our calendar, one adjustment. Because she knows it, we both know if she puts something in there, I won't book around it because this is our right. pamper piece. And the only adjustment she made is she put lunch, 12 to 1.30, play card. And what we do is we sit down, we put the phones down, eat lunch and play cards. Okay. And then dinner, it was six to eight. We put the phones down, watch TV and eat and enjoy each other's company. And just by adding those two things, I was still able to be as busy as I wanted, but those two pieces of balance rejuvenated me. Oh, absolutely. Because when you're starting a new business or having to do a reinvent, it takes work even more upfront. So when you just talked about, you've got to readjust your calendar, you're already miles ahead of most people because you're putting on the time for your fitness and your family. Mm -hmm. so oh yeah. Instead of beating yourself up, celebrate that. And then <laughs> if, cause that's, that's where you went. I, I'm just observing. Yeah. You went into, I must not be doing it good enough, but you're already miles ahead of other people.
So honor that and then say, now, if I want to add one more thing, what would be another pamper piece? And, and just you, this, cause that's life. You make adjustments as you go along. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's, uh, that's pretty smart, man. I yeah. <laughs> totally blanked on my next question, uh, which is quite, which is, which is quite odd. Um, cause I'm, I'm normally so, so well prepared. You've just, you dug a little deeper with that authority key, um, thing and putting yourself first when COVID came about it, like, you know, it was like deer in the headlights. We all froze. Yep. And I have a, uh, a real estate company and I have a, uh, a media company. And the media company at the time had, you know, national advertising accounts and we were just rocking and rolling. And we went overnight to absolutely no business, like nothing. Everybody canceled contracts, everything shut down. Our main clientele was in the transportation industry. And so all the, all the truck companies, all the logistics companies, every, every people that we served were just shut down. And so yeah. I'm, st I'm staring down two companies with no revenue going, well, what the hell do we do? And the last thing I was thinking about was pampering myself. You know, it was all about, can I make payroll? How do I take care of the guys? Where's the revenue coming from? And we, you know, we went from, we went from 15, $20,000 jobs to $500 videos trying to, trying to keep the lights on. Yep. But through that reinvention, both of my companies are stronger now than, than ever before. They've got better pipelines and better systems and they run leaner. Um, I just think that the last thing on my mind as an entrepreneur was putting into my calendar time for myself. Yeah. And what I come to realize now is that without time for myself, if I'm not operating at 100%, how in the hell can my business operate at 100%? And the more ding, I pour ding, into ding, the ding, business, ding, right there. the lower my levels go, the lower my yeah. charge rate is, the lower my batteries are. And so, guys, if you're struggling, the first thing to do as you're taking care of your business is take care of yourself. Like, what is going on? What's going wrong? You know, where are well, the gaps? So let's go back and let me give you all four phases. Let's do it. So yeah. that you fully understand it. And I love acronyms. Because, you know, as Forrest Gump would say, I'm not a smart man. So I keep things simple for myself. And I use that. That was a Canadian, guys. That was a Canadian <laughs> attempting an Alabama accent. Let's just, uh, we might have to replay that here in, the, uh, here in the end. But anyway, carry on. Sorry, Robert. It's like, wah, wah. <laughs> we should get a little trombone guy to come in the background. <laughs> so I use the acronym of OPEN for okay. the four phases of life. And the O stands for observation phase. And so especially, let's, let's use reinvention as an example because here's what's happening with people. Some businesses have gone under, other people, their businesses are thriving because of what's happened with COVID. And I'll explain why this is happening to people. So in yeah, the observation yeah, yeah. phase, this is the time to be, instead of a human being or a human doing, you wanna be a human creating. What is it I would love to have? What would I love my um, family life to look like, my health to look like, my business to look like? It's you not would, trying to figure out how to make it work. No, you would be shocked at how many people haven't done that. They haven't right. even sat down and said, why am I here? Yep. What am I doing this for? You know, what's the yep. end game? What do I want to exactly. wake up and do every single day? No, nobody's yeah. thought about it. I'm like, why? But you know <laughs> what? For 39 years, I didn't think about it either, mate. I didn't think about it one bit. I just got up. Washed the, washed the sleep out of my eyes, had a quick shave, put my clothes on, off to work. Yep. I never exactly. thought about what I was trying to achieve. I never thought about an end goal. It was just, I need to make more money this month than I spend. Uh, and I like spending money, it. so you better hustle. Oh, hello, right? <laughs> I like my lifestyle. I love yeah, my lifestyle. Yeah. And so in the observation phase, this is the time to do take time for meditation. This is the time to create. I'm a big believer in vision boards, dream mm -hmm. boards. Oh, yeah. And it, and so this is the time not worrying about how it's going to happen. Just what would I love? Yeah. What would I like to see? All that hippie go, shit, all the hippie stuff that oh, we all just reject that. outright because it's nonsense. Oh my goodness. And, and being in Alberta, I used to not believe in that stuff I'd, until all of a sudden it changed my life. And I went, now nah, I'm a true believer. Well, Holy yeah. Crap. I mean, I was raised blue collar, working class, Northern England. Like, mm -hmm. don't show emotion. You know, the, the last oh. thing in the world I thought was real was this hippie stuff. Like, I'm like, it's a waste of time. I'm not doing that. I'm smarter than that. You know, what, what in the world is gratitude going to do me anyway? You know, oh. and 39 years before I, uh, I finally figured out, I was like, you know what? Let's just try it the other way. Fuck it. And here we are. I mean, it, it, it absolutely worked.
Um, sorry, I wasn't trying to cut yeah. you off, man. <laughs> no, no worries. So the observation phase, and then from there we talked about the pamper phase. Yeah. And you know, so one of the when it comes to the pamper phase too, here's what I'm going to ask your audience to understand: be willing to be selfish. So as an example, you and you've got to be creative too on how you pamper. So as an example, um, people are going, well, Robert, when you're flying, yeah, he's still doing the men in black thing. I love that. He goes, when you pamper, he says, when you're flying, why are you traveling around the world, hopping on 12 hour, 14 hour, 16 hour flights? Well, number one is because I love meeting people from all cultures. I learned so much, but two, it's a little selfish. See, the moment I step on that plane and I sit in my seat, that's my time. Oh yeah. I don't do business and I don't connect to Wi-Fi, even if the plane has it. See, I read books because I love to read. Yeah. I watch movies because I love my movies like Men in Black, Men in Black 2. <laughs> I sleep a little. I eat good food and I drink great wine because I know the moment I step off the plane for the next three to five days, I'm on stage for up to 12 hours a day giving, 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 giving. So yeah. I've got to make yeah, sure yeah. I'm recharging my batteries. So pamper phase is so critical. E, as we said, energy phase. Get it done. And when you're in that energy phase, one of the things that I've um, – figured out and this is with especially with entrepreneurs people going but robert samuel i i'm so busy i'm trying to run my business and my family and i just don't have time for anything else people have become so good at being busy mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily productive and what is that superpower superpower is focus that's right focus so, second thing that i put on here number one first thing on my calendar my balance pieces the second thing that goes on our calendar is things called focus time. Oh, yeah. And so research has proven that really to, to stay fully focused, you can only really stay focused on something for about an hour before you start drifting. Mm -hmm. And so what I'll do is I could sit there and go, okay, I'm going to work on the new book. I'm going to my office. Eight hours later, I come out and I'm like, man, was I busy. But it doesn't seem like I got a lot done on the book. What the hell was I doing? Oh, yeah, uh -huh. I was checking social media. I yep. was um, instant messaging people. I was checking you know, emails. Oh, and I wrote a little bit of the book. Dude, Let's when, see what I'll, when, yeah, we, when we do time studies with clients, like one of the first things that I'll do is I'll bring them out, have them catalog all their time and just log it down and see what's going on in their day. And it's just an insane amount of time is wasted by beeps. Um, oh, I got a text. Oh, I got a Facebook message. Dude, if yeah. I check my phone every time I had a Facebook message, I get scores of messages every day and I yep. just, I leave it on mute and I get to it when I get to it. And if I don't get back to you, I'm, I'm sorry, That's I love right. you, but you, you just weren't that high on the priority list. But what most it's business owners, they, they, habit. yeah, they, they, I, I got to check my email. Well, it was reading the four hour work week a few years back that said, hey, you know, I'm going to check my email in the morning. I'm going to check it at lunchtime and I'm going to check it late afternoon. And if you need me in the meantime, send me a voicemail. And more and more people are starting to realize you can get more done in, in four to five hours of intense focused work that's broken that's exactly up during it. the day. You yes. get so much more done if you shut those distractions off and yes. turn off your social media and just focus on the task in front of you. And focus has become this just superpower. Like With, with enough focus and consistency over time, you can achieve absolutely anything. Consistent and persistent. I'll take and I'll put on my calendar, say 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, write book. And everybody who has access to my calendar knows, don't even bother trying to get a hold of me because my door is closed and I'm writing on that. And in an hour of being productive, it's I'd get more done than six hours of being busy. Yeah. So all of a sudden now it frees up time for people so that the excuse of a, I don't have time becomes null and void. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, again, being productive. You know, when I started doing becoming a podcast guest, I knew as part of, I wanted to become an authority in being a guest. So in the last three months, the reason I've been number one on the um, pod match, which linked to us, yeah, I've been yeah, the number yeah. one guest for three months straight. Why? Because I learned the system. I followed the system. And uh, I've, in the last three months, I've done a, you're my 103rd interview. Wow. Because I want to become an, uh, an authority at it. But, and I went through transitions. At first it was, I'll take an interview anytime, any day, because I have people all over the world wanting to interview me. But then, Eventually, I went, nope, Monday to Friday only. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, you know what? Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, those are the only days I'm interviewing now because I've got other business that needs to be taken care of. So I've made the adjustment. So you have to be willing to adjust as you go along at the same time. It's not just this must be the way. I love the saying that I used to teach students. We always hear ready, aim, fire. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons that so many of the um, 
entrepreneurs struggle is they get ready, they get ready, they aim, they aim, they aim, they aim to get ready more, but they never fucking fire because they've overthought <laughs> things, right? Yeah, and yeah, so no what doubt. They, what they've got to do is you get ready in the time you have, you fire, get in the game, because that's when you're going to learn what really works. Yeah. Then you aim, make the correction, fire again, aim, fire, aim, fire. That's how you become successful, especially in business. So I'm living what I'm teaching people. So the energy phase, yeah. So my Mondays, my Tuesdays, my Thursdays, those are busy, productive days. Sunday are my do nothing days. That's family time. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So those are the things you got to learn. So third phase is energy. Then the fourth phase is what's called the unclutter phase. The N is actually the second letter. I couldn't find a word to do start with an N for this. And another word for unclutter is chaos. Because here's the other big thing that hits entrepreneurs. Things seem to be going good and all of a sudden life smacks them upside the head. Oh yeah, all the time. And yeah. Right? And that's called chaos. And and what happens for most people is they resist chaos. Mm -hmm. But what you have to understand is chaos is natural. Yeah. As human beings, we're meant to evolve. So instead of resisting it, if you embrace it, you'll see your life change. Because what do most people do? The universe smacks them upside the head and they're like, they don't get the lesson. So what does it do? <laughs> it smacks them up harder yeah. until they get it. All of a sudden their business has crumbled, their family's gone, mm -hmm. right? Well, I equate it to boxing and learning to fight <laughs> is because like in boxing, you're gonna get punched in the face. That's just yep. a given. In business, you're going to get punched in the face. In life, yes. you're going to get punched. Yep. And it takes about six months of learning to get punched in the face before you stop turning around and trying to run away. And you understand that the punch is coming. And you understand how to deal with that punch. You understand how to respond to it. And that's yes. just, it, it's such a, like that, that chaos that phase. Like it takes time. It takes practice. It takes getting hit in the face to learn that, hey, this does hurt and it does suck. But there's ways around this and there's ways I can deal with it. Which there's ways I can move forward. And you accelerate that by finding a mentor and quit trying to figure it out on your own. Yes, yes, completely <laughs> right? agree. Because that's the other entrepreneurial thing that people run into so many times is I'm the entrepreneur now, I'll do it on myself. You know, I've got to figure it out and we could go down a whole rabbit hole of why that is. But um, when, when you're in the unclutter phase, there's a reason why I call it unclutter because you can actually volunteer for chaos so that it doesn't hit you so hard. Because in the unclutter phase, this is the time to courageously destroy something. Oh, I like something that. Something that's not working. Meaning there's times in business to end a business relationship because mm -hmm. it's just not productive and healthy. In relationships, there's time to maybe end a personal relationship. And so one of the biggest things you can destroy in the unclutter phase is a belief that has not been serving you. Yeah, yeah. You know it's not serving you, but you're like, but. So go out and prove it to be wrong because proof is a cure for all doubt. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I call it unclutter is be the way that you volunteer for chaos is you go and you voluntarily unclutter something. You know, maybe you go to your closet, you open up and you say, I'm going to clean out the closet today yeah. and I'm going to get rid of what I'm not using anymore. How many times do you go in your clothes closet and it's like, well, I haven't worn that for 10 years, but maybe someday it'll come back in fashion. No, get rid of the damn thing. Yeah. Because now you're showing the universe that you're willing to unclutter your life. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to let go of what's good to get what's great mm -hmm. and let go of what's great to get what's fantastic. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And my yeah. friend who really came up with this, this whole knowledge, I, I gave him a nickname years ago. I call him the quantum monk because okay. he was a monk for eight years and did over 15,000 hours of meditation, but he is also loves quantum physics and studying it. So he can tell you all about spirituality and back it up with the science. The, the guy's brilliant. Yeah. And here's what he says, is he said, instead of being willing to live life, courageously allow life to live you. See, people think, especially entrepreneurs, think we're in control. You're not. So that's one of the biggest jokes in the world. Yeah, yeah. And so if you sit there and go, okay, I don't have control, but I can control how I respond to what's coming into my life. Yes. Now you have a lot more choice in your life. And so if you have the courage to allow life to live you, that's where some of the greatest opportunities come from. Look, March 10th, everything changed my life. Yeah. A couple of weeks later, we said, what's next? And one of the things my wife and I decided, we have a beautiful acreage that we bought three years ago with the intention that five, six, seven years down the road, we'll eventually build a training center. Mm -hmm. So instead of me traveling around the world, my students will come to me. Well, when we said, what's next? It's like, well, I'm at home now. I've got the time. 
Yeah, but hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue is gone. So the next two powerful words, all in. Right. We couldn't be fearful. We said, let's do it. March or uh, December 12th, we broke ground. A week and a half ago, I moved into my new office. And if you, for those of you watching, on the other side of that wall that you see behind me is my brand new 1500 square foot training center oh, wow. that's now attached to my home. And with it, it's all wired for audio and video. So I can make it a recording studio. I can do live trainings. I can do masterminds. But because of what's going on still in the world, I'm going to make it a Zoom super training room where it'll be a wall of monitors. So you can see 400 students at a time. You can have five or six cameras. So people, I'll use it the most, but I'll, like you, hire out the space. That's Because that's I'm a really business good, member. Man. I'm going to yeah. monetize. Yeah, amen. You should. You should. That's. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's one way to find a solution to a problem that, that didn't exist two years ago and now come back and be like, hey, I'm going to, here's my solution and here's how we're going to monetize it. That's exactly Well, yeah, that. because I have people in the industry as AV, they just went to a hotel and set up a smaller version of what I'm going to have here. And just for them to do that for one day was five grand plus the expenses of the staff. And, and catering too. You can't, uh, you can't bring in outside catering, the hotels, and they inflate the hell out of the prices of, yeah. of the food and drinks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's a lot that can be done. And, and think of what business is. Business is nothing more than solving problems for people at a profit. Absolutely. So yeah. where you find problems, that's where you find profits. And, that, and that's being willing to be open. So when you are willing to go through that unclutter phase and volunteer with it, it opens you back up into the observation phase because you're constantly going through these phases. And also now you're a greater person to go, all right, now what do I want in my life? What are some bigger dreams? What are some bigger goals? And because you're taking care of yourself throughout the whole cycle, you're not getting burnt out. I like that, man. That's a, a really good cycle. So uh, the open plan. And that book is uh, The Authority Key. Yeah, right? it's coming out. We're planning on bringing it out at the beginning of the year. Oh, nice. 2022. Yeah. Nice. I, I had the privilege of interviewing a publisher the other day on a podcast I was on. So that was uh, that was kind of fun to, to learn about the world of books and the world of publishing because that is mm -hmm. kind of it's, it's the direction that I'm starting to take. I actually have hired a publisher and we're going to go and uh, put together a, some kind of book. I don't know what it's going to be about yet, but it, it, well, it should be fun. Okay. So quit thinking about it, Samuel. How many episodes have you done on your podcast? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, we've, You've we've already been, got books written. Yep. We've been down. We've, <laughs> we've picked out the episodes that we want to transcribe and flesh nice. out. And Yeah, I mean, it just that's, that's the point of this podcast is to, is to generate material for consumption, for people to, to consume and to enjoy and hopefully to help them uh, through what it was that I went through. And right. Through, and, and it's, it's that's a the pattern. other reason. It, it, that's the other reason I've been a guest on 100 plus episodes already is because I'm writing my book by speaking it. Yeah, because every time I'm speaking about the four phases, my mind's going, oh, I like the way I said that, or maybe I'll adjust that. <laughs> and so the book's writing itself. And, yeah. and, and so in business, how many times do people overcomplicate things and try to over? And again, this is where mentors come in. Find people that have done what you want to do and learn how they did it. So you avoid their pitfalls and piggyback off the successes they've had. I, I, that's exactly what I do. I mean, if, if some people knew how much money I spent on mentors and coaching, they would think I was absolutely uh, just insane. But the return on investment. From that's why it's an investment. You're not spending. You're investing. And yeah. you, can't, you can't take that away from me. It's, it's knowledge. Um, it's a <laughs> network. It's, it's validation in the marketplace. You can't yes. take it away from me. Well, yep. it's funny. Why don't I make you laugh? Because you're right on the nose. Oh, right on the nose, he was laughing yeah. and touching his nose. I'm like, I got no yeah. clue. And pointing. I'm charades. like, is that, is that some charades. kind of Canadian you're thing? You're on the nose. <laughs> have you not ever played charades? No. <laughs> oh, okay. You haven't lived. Just saying. Or maybe I'm aging myself again and dating how old I am. I, would, I was going to say, I mean, we, we did have actual, actual color television when I was growing up. Some channels. Yeah, I did too. Come on. I <laughs> did too. I'm not that old, man. <laughs> no, it, it's... <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. But you know, you, you've got to really get like focused on protecting yourself as an entrepreneur. And like I said, dude, if you don't look after yourself first and have that 100% battery life going into every day, it's just an uphill struggle. It's just a grind, man. And it's so hard to break the mindset of the entrepreneur that just wants to get up and grind. And that's that's just not the best way to do it. And it, you know, it only took me 40 years and you know, 
couple of major failures to figure that out. So, but also remember though too, and, and that's the thing is one of the questions people have asked me. They said, Robert, if you could go back to your 18 year old self and give them advice, what would you say? And I struggled with that one. Hold on, I'm just going to write check that off my list, so I won't ask you that yep, later. Yeah, yep. sorry. <laughs> so, Robert, if you could go back to your 18 year old self, <laughs> the reason that what I came up with is I would just say keep being you, because I look back and everything I've gone through, good, bad, ugly, or otherwise, has made me who I am today. So if I tried to get rid of the things that were negative in my life, I wouldn't have the wisdom I have today. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and you know, the, there's so many, there's so many entrepreneurs out there that don't ever talk about failing. And mm -hmm. what I've found is that failure is is the literal foundation for long-term success. It's it is. having those lessons and learning those lessons and you you grow through pain you grow through adversity and some of your greatest lessons come from what didn't work that's why it's not right. failure is feedback now a mentor can help compress the time there and shortcut a lot of this and teach you um yes. but you're still going to have pain in your life you're still going to get hit in the face you're yep. still going to get punched it's a matter of learning how to deal with that and, and, and move forward through it and man I can't stress enough that one of the biggest mistakes I made was focusing entirely on business and nothing else. And I was seriously overweight and seriously alcoholic and seriously fucked up my relationships all because I was so focused on making money and pulling in, you know, seven figures in my yep. business. And that, that's all I was focused on. And, uh, and it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you don't have your health, no money's going to fix that. Exactly. All your money won't another minute buy. All we are is dust in the wind, right? And it, it's prophetic, man. It, it won't. You, you cannot, like, you can't take it with you. <laughs> you know, see? Well, the Egyptians proved that right. Someone just comes and digs it up years later. <laughs> I like those guys, man. I think they were super smart, those Egyptians. Um, but that's for another podcast, my dude. Um, I want to hear a little bit about your background before you got into this stuff. You know, what have you failed at, Robert? What's some of the important? Uh, <laughs> tell tell us some of the painful lessons you've learned along the way, man. Well, growing up, because I was taught, here's the box. Don't think outside the box. Don't question the box. Uh, and especially when it comes to work, mm -hmm. if you can find a job that's secure-ish, <laughs> no, that's not true anymore, and pays you. Even if you hate it, you do that. To yeah, that was it back. for me. That was it for me too. And and make sure it's got a good pension. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Oh, don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're not even gonna go down that one. <laughs> and all of a sudden, here I am. I'm 21. Mm -hmm. I'm now laid off from the third company. I started getting kind of. Um, I started feeling like I was putting companies out of business because I started working for three different companies, and and after a couple of years of working for each one, all of a sudden they're shutting down, and I'm going, is it me? <laughs> something I do. I was get, like the third company. I got hired on a factory as they opened the doors, and I worked from working in the factory, helping run the shipping and receiving department. I was now inside sales, so I was at lower management. I had it planned out the next forty years. I would eventually become my own general manager because this right. company has factories all over North America. Now, picture this, Samuel. Could you picture me being a general manager of a factory? It'd probably I mean, be the most fun factory you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> But that was my, because to me, it was like, oh, I've got it set. I'm on the fast track. I'm going to do whatever. And I didn't enjoy the job, the, but it was what I was taught. The parallel here, man, the parallel, because that's, <laughs> I started out 18, 19 years old in factories, um, turning pigs inside out. And I thought, you know, I'm going to make supervisor. I'm going to be department manager. I can do this. And I, I did. I got promoted to, to warehouse okay. because I could do math. And I, <laughs> A lot of factory guys can't do math, you know, and it, it, but the, the parallels here, dude, I think my brother-in-law actually worked at the factory across the street. That was mm -hmm. a pork processing factory for 18 years, turning mm -hmm. pigs inside out. You, yeah. You smell like really, 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 really bad bacon. It's like bacon with a tinge of pig shit. 
Um, oh, it's, no, it's 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 awful. Um, but you know, it's a rite of passage. It, it teaches it, it teaches you how to work. Those should not be career jobs. Those shouldn't be forever jobs. Working at a factory is something you should do as a young man that's continuing his education, that's trying to better himself, and that just needs to make a paycheck for a little bit of time. Yes. And 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 yes. go and and do that work. Be a little robot and and better yourself out of that position. Totally agree. And I get laid off because they shut the factory down. And here in Alberta, it was in the middle of an oil bust, something you in Texas understand. When yes. oil prices are down, the economy goes crap. Yep. And I couldn't find a, what I considered a real job by everybody else's definition. But to support, because I'm still a newlywed, to support my family, I decided to do something. Because thank goodness I was taught by my parents. You do whatever it takes to support your family. So I started mm -hmm. delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza. And pretty soon I started actually making more money because at 21, I was the old guy for drivers. All the other drivers are 17, 16, 18. They wanted to party. So I could always convince one of them to give me their closing shift. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I was never scheduled to work much. But then um, because of my work ethic, I ended up becoming, uh, I became a manager. And it was actually out of necessity. Because mm -hmm. here's my mindset. My franchisee sold his store and bought two stores in a city an hour and a half away. And my mind went, I need something more permanent. So the obvious the next step is, I went to him and said, you got two stores now. Mm -hmm. Do you need a manager? We talked for a couple hours and he said, okay, you'll be my manager. I moved up two weeks later. My wife, when we got her moved up, she became my assistant. We went back into our old programming, working hard, seven days a week, open to close. We yeah. know how to work hard. And a year and a half in, all of a sudden we got the news. My franchisee says, I made a bad decision buying these two stores. I'm out of Donald's Pizza in the stores. And my mind went, oh crap, here I go again. We're going to both be out of work now. Yeah. We need, and my obvious answer was, we need to start talking to the other franchisees in the city and find out who needs a manager. And my wife looked at me because I don't know how much you know about Domino's Pizza Samuel, but in Domino's, you cannot just buy a franchise. You actually have to successfully manage a store for at least a year, meet okay. a bunch of criteria, and now you're qualified to be a franchisee. And they'll waive the upfront franchise fee, but you still have to be able to buy or build a store. Right. Okay. So we sense. were now qualified to be franchisees, but we we're broke because we we're barely getting by. And so my, my thought was, we have to go and you know find another job. Mm -hmm. And my wife looks at me and she goes, why would we do that? Why don't we just buy the store? And I looked at her, I'm like, because we don't have any money. That's why we don't <laughs> buy the store. And thank goodness, my wife is the out of the, to her, the box doesn't exist. Yeah. And she's like, let's figure it out. And we made a lot of mistakes over the next four months, learning what to say, what not to say. On, and we'd go in, like even paying someone, he said, hey, I can guarantee, I have investors that are ready to invest. My upfront fee is $1,000 and we'll get you an investor to buy the store. And we paid the $1,000 and next thing you know, he's like, no, none of my people, I'm showing them the numbers and yeah, they're not willing to take a risk. Oh man. Okay, can we have a thousand bucks back? Nope, that was non-refundable. But everything that we did, and, and back then, to go to a bank and talk to a bank <laughs> business manager, yeah. you had to know someone who knew someone. But I'm big on keeping relationships with my banks. So uh -huh. our, the branch manager loved my wife and I. She helped us buy our house. She knew we were hardworking kids. We're 23 at the time. And we're sitting in her office the one day. And she says, how's it going with buying the store? And we're like, we were defeated. We're like, it's not going well. And she goes, why? What's going on? And we said, well, no one, we can't find any financing. She says, well, have you talked to Grant, the business manager? We, said, we can't even get in a meeting with him. And here's what she literally did. She stood up. She said, come with me. She took us by the hand, walked us across the branch, knocked on his door, said, Grant, this is Robert and Roxanne Realpel. They're good, hardworking kids. They're wanting the manager Domino's pizza that they want to buy. Take care of them. And because of that introduction, he then gave us time. Now, everything's perfect. See, if we had been able to have a meeting with him four months earlier, uh -huh. we would have blown it. Right. We wouldn't have had the right words to say. But now, because we'd learned by all the mistakes, mm -hmm. failures, feedback, we learned what to say. He didn't give us the financing for the store. He gave us 100% financing for both the stores my franchisee had for sale. Oh, wow. And we became franchisees. And it's like, oh, we're now successful. <laughs> but you're going to understand this. And so will your listeners. There's a difference between running a store and running a business. Yes, sir. See, one of our mindsets was, we can't afford an accountant. We'll take care of the accounting ourselves. Oof. Yeah, but that's everybody's yeah, you, mindset. That's everybody's absolutely. mindset. 
Like, yeah, and we're already now working 70, 80 hours a week, mm-hmm. and we think we're going to be able to take care of the finance. Our first two years, here was our whole philosophy. If there's money in the bank, we must be doing okay. All of a sudden, two years in, we're getting that knock on the door from the government going, um, you're a business. We haven't seen any tax returns. You better step up. And we finally, okay, we better hire an accountant. And by the time we got figured it out, the accountant's looking back going, how in the hell did you guys survive these last couple of years? Mm-hmm. You should, there's no way you should have been able to survive. But see, we didn't know what we didn't know. And we were too tenacious to quit. So at that moment, ignorance was bliss. Today in my business, before I start any business, buy any business, I'm sitting down with my accounting team. That makes a lot of sense. To go through the numbers. Yep. Because the moment we started seeing numbers, we started doing better because we now could keep score, right? There's so many people forget to do that. Like a yeah. lot of the t- a lot of times, the first people, the first things I do when I work with people is is financial audits and time audits. Um, yeah. So many people don't know their own freaking numbers. Um, they don't. You know, guys listening. Um, one of the best decisions I've made um, was, and I started working with outside accountants in 2011. Um, like, not sorry, accountants the wrong word. I've had an accountant since '04, which is bookkeepers. I started working yeah. with bookkeepers in 2011, not keeping my own books, passing it off to somebody, and it just frees up so much time. And, and they're the experts. They're, they're accurate. They're good at it. They're way better than I could ever be. You know, yeah. why am I going to go like? Why am I going to go weld my own fence together when I can go hire a welder? Like, and, it's, and, it's and like that's a, a mentor gave me that advice years ago, and and this is advice I'm going to give to every one of your um, listeners. That's an entrepreneur in your business. You are only allowed to do what only you can do. Yes. So many people don't get that. It's like I try, like everything around here that that we get, you know, come in, I'm I'm reasonably good at, like everything. Um, I'm not a stranger to any of it. I make videos. I've edited video. I, I real estate, back end, legal work, all of it. But I'm only really great at a couple of things. So yeah, I but hired you're a genius. Yeah, I hired people to fill in the blanks, and I just do the things that I'm great at, and it seems to work much, much better than me yeah. sitting in the back getting frustrated trying to do accounting and trying to edit videos and trying to edit podcasts. And, oh my god! Yeah, you know. And but, see, so we started seeing our numbers, and we now knew how to keep scoring. We started doing well, uh-huh. but our mindset, what we learned as children, because we both came from very poor families. And all of a sudden we started making money. We started spending more money than we were earning. And by the time we were friends, yeah, I know you've never heard of anybody who's ever done that. It's so easy to do though, isn't it? So easy to do. Oh yeah. Because when you're successful, you've now got to have the toys. Oh yeah. I've earned this. I work hard. So uh, yeah. Instant gratification. (laughs) Let's not even talk about that. So eight years in, we're now over $150,000 in personal debt, stressed out beyond belief, had to sell one of our stores out of necessity and you know when you sell a business out of necessity, oh, it's, never it's like pretty. blood in the water to sharks, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I do. And, I mean. and yeah, so when we sold that first store, and I played the victim first because it was like this guy took advantage of us. The price would go down, the um, closing date would go further. Yeah. We finally financed the whole purchase, and he'd pay us monthly payments. Mm-hmm. And but now I realize we taught him that it was okay to treat us that way. Yeah. So I take ownership of it now, and. So here we are over $150,000 in debt, stressed out beyond belief. That's when we were introduced to personal development. How, did you, like, how did you manage to dig yourself out of that hole, dude? Well, we went to a three-day training mm-hmm. that taught us, first of all, how we were handling our money, where the beliefs came from, why we managed money the way we did or not managed, we weren't managing, and where the debt came from. But more importantly, it to- taught us to take responsibility for the debt. We were the ones that created. Don't start blaming people that lost your investment. Yeah. You gave them the money to invest. And then it gave us um, specific skills of how to get out of debt. And we did something that, unfortunately, the statistic in North America, Samuel, is only 3% of people actually do something with new information they receive. That's it. Only 3%. So we left that weekend and we didn't just go, oh, that changed my life. We said, it changed my life. What are we going to do? Right. And we put into practice. And next thing you know, we were able to go from being over $150,000 in personal debt to actually completely retired financially free nine months later at the age of 32. How did you manage that? Because uh, I'd like to be retired in nine months. It'd be pretty great. Yep. You give me that yep. secret. One of, the things, <laughs> one of the things was we took a hard look at our expenses. Yeah. And what didn't we need? It was nice to have it, but what didn't we need? So an example, one of our stores was in a, a lake community. 
well, if we live on the lake, we got to have a boat. It, it only makes sense. Everybody who lives on the lake has a boat. So we See, had this beautiful boat sitting in the driveway, but our busy season was boating season. So we were in the store, so we never got to use the boat. It sat there with all the expenses. What you need is friends with a boat, and you yes. show up with the beer. That's how this That's works, right. man. Like, right? like get, get, uh, <laughs> get the friends with the boat and just be the beer guy. Hey, Rob's woman, here with the beer. Let's go, Rob. Yeah. You know, A woman gave me a great acronym for boat the other a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Boat stands for break out another thousand. Yep. It's just a big because hole in the water you throw money into. <laughs> it is. That's it. So we sold the boat. Um, because we're successful, we have to have two vehicles because that's what successful people do. Mm-hmm. Well, we are always in the store together in the same vehicle getting there and back. So we sold one of the vehicles. We took a hard line look at our life and got rid of all the expenses that we did not need. And because we learned the definition of financial freedom is when your passive income, something we didn't even know what that was, Uh money or business working instead of you, when your passive income is greater than your expenses, you're now financially free. Correct. And and because we had a lot of expenses, we had no passive income because didn't know what it was. There's no way we're going to create financial freedom. So as we took a hard look at simplifying our life, and then we started learning passive income. It only took us creating two that all of a sudden the two of them passed each other very quickly in mm-hmm. nine months. Now we're technically, and here's what I want people to listen to really. We are technically financially free. Were we wealthy? No, we were just getting by. However, now we didn't have to work if we didn't want to. Auditing is See? a very real thing um, yes. and expense creep as well. And I just, uh, <clears throat> I'm just halfway through um, doing my first audit in way too long. It's, it's, it's way overdue. But when we moved down here um, from our other office when COVID hit, um, I consolidated offices. I cut out a bunch of staff. I saved over $54,000 a year just by auditing my expenses and cutting yes. out unnecessary expense, unnecessary yes. license fees, unnecessary office space, unnecessary subscriptions, all of it over $54,000 saved coming straight back into my pocket because I took the time to audit my shit. And that's what you did. And yet there's so many business owners out there I run into that are paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. And it's, they don't pay themselves first and they don't audit their expenses. If you look, if you think of it like a bucket, right? Your job is to pour shit in the top of the bucket and keep the bucket as full as possible. And every expense you have is a hole in the bottom of that bucket. So you got to keep pouring stuff in and you got to keep working and you got to keep getting more stuff and keep filling it and keep filling it. And then you take on another expense and then you take on another. And then you're like, oh, it's a hundred bucks a month subscription or I'm going to get a personal trainer and that's 300 bucks a month. And little expenses like that, they empty that bucket. So, so quickly for for me, if you can control the rate at which the bucket expands, so you know we have a natural propensity to spend every penny we earn. Um, you know it's, we live in an unfillable, ever-expanding fucking bucket, but you can't fill it up because there's always more stuff you want. But if you can control that by taking that slice and paying yourself first and putting ten percent off to the side, yep. And if you can plug the holes in the bottom of the bucket like you did. In nine months, you've gone from 150 grand upside down to cash flow positive with passive income. I mean, that's that's incredible. The, the, the amount of you listening to my voice right now that for whatever reason won't audit your fucking businesses, you drive me up the wall. Go and count the holes <laughs> in the bottom of your bucket and say, which of these holes can I fill in? Which hole don't I need anymore? And yeah. you will be shocked. I, and when people when people hire me and I tell them the price and they, they look like, wow. And I'm like, dude, if I do not save you at least that much money in the next 30 days, then it's free. Like, fuck it, it's free. I, and the first thing yeah. we do, I, if, if your time is worth $100 an hour, you think I can't find five hours a week for you that you're wasting? You know? What if you've got, what if you've got five employees and I go in and find two hours per day of, of time waste? And that's 10 hours a day. And that's 50 hours a week. You know, how many? Nobody does it. And then they wonder why they're broke. Right? Yep. <laughs> and, and look, something as simple as one of the, I'm rereading or, and restudying and, and this book right here, E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Oh, I've not read that one. No, have, you do not tell me you have not read this book. Okay. Millions of, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Millions of copies sold I've because not read it's it. about working on well, your business, not in your business. I'm writing uh, it down, E-Myth. Book. 
I have read yeah. so many books, dude. And, you know, through podcasting and through networking and getting to know and meet authors like yourself. I mean, I'm going to go pick up your book um, after this and make sure I get a copy of it. But, like, books are like, I, I love them. I've just never heard of that one. The one yeah. I recommend for this year, and uh, I've given tens of copies away of it, um, is The Richest Man in Babylon by George Classen. Yes. Um, yeah, and it, it's the same kind of topic, same kind of you know, pay yourself first, um, and, and it just, man, it's five thousand years old. The stories in it, and, and the rules of money don't change. If you're giving that book away, you're going to find you're going to give this away because one of the things that he did that was brilliant about this is they've got about a hundred plus um, versions of it because there's E Myth for accountants, E Myth for pipe setters, yeah, E Myth yeah, yeah. for HVAC. Yeah. And it's all about how to systemize your business. It doesn't matter what the business is, how to systemize it and remove yourself as the main clog in that wheel. Um, brilliant. The millions of copies sold of this book. And uh, it's just, it's the basic stuff. And so you study it. And I wish, I look back and I go, I wish I would have had this in my Domino's pizza day. But then I go, no, because if I'd had this, I would, would probably still be in Domino's pizza today. Yeah. And you wouldn't have learned the <laughs> and, lessons you've learned. And that's exactly. such a thing, you know, hindsight's like, oh, I wish I'd known that then. But the whole process of going through it and learning it is what's you know, made me the, the, the yeah. guy I am today. And the, yeah. the, the loser that you were had the fortitude and the grit to become the winner that you are. You know, it, so, resilience that's is, it. is such a key thing. That's yeah. it, man. That's it. Dude, man, we are running super low on time, Robert. This has been an, <laughs> this has been an absolute... I feel like we could talk for two hours. I've got another appointment stacked up after oh, this, mate. I'll tell you what, this has been Look, a, if there, you ever want to have me back on a, as a guest again, you just say the word I'm there because I, I love connecting with people who have the same passion for helping people out and business owners out. You, you just say the word, I'm there. Dude, we're, we're, yeah, no, we're not, we're not done. There's, there's going to be more conversations, but unfortunately, man, we do have to wrap this one up. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Real, real yeah. quick, um, real quick, tell every, number one, thank you for coming on, dude. It's been an hour of, of, of just cascading information. I've really enjoyed. Uh, and one of the privileges of my job is I get to talk to people like you, and, and you educate me as you educate my listeners. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I get all this like people just pour into me and they pour into the show. And for that, I'm forever grateful. Tell my guys uh, the names of your books and where they can find you online and go follow you online, man, because I really want them to, uh, to pay attention to the message that you're putting out. Oh, thank you for that. And look, uh, social media, my assistants tell me I'm now not only on Facebook, but I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram because I finally got a virtual assistant to take care of that crap for me. My, my guys, good at it. my guys take care of all, the only the only post that's me is generally Facebook and, and maybe an Instagram story. It's it's all other people. Yeah. Sorry. And what what I'd love to do, Sam, is since you were so gracious to have me on your podcast, you know my my international bestselling book, Success Left a Clue. I would love for all of your listeners as our gift to them, if they just simply go to robertrealpel.com, my name, robertrealpel.com, they're actually going to be able to download the full digital copy of the entire book, not just a couple chapters, the whole book. Do because it. I want them to change their lives. Now, it does come with a caveat, though. There's always See, a caveat. I, I didn't write this book for someone to put it on the shelf and make it shelf help. That's mm -hmm. not why I wrote it. I like In that. The shelf help. That I, <laughs> oh, good. I like you got that. My that's, a, that's a good one, man. Yeah. In this book, I wrote three of the six steps I cover is taking action. Mm -hmm. And so I have action steps throughout the whole book. And I actually write in there, it'll say, Hey, did you do the last action? If not stop reading right now, go back <laughs> and do the action because I know people are creatures of habit. Yes. Sir. So I would love them to download the book. And actually, if they do, I guarantee you, if they do this action steps I've put in there, they will see their life change. And so that's, you know, because again, I value your time. But I also value the time of the people that took the time to listen yes. to this episode. And I so value I their time too. Them. Yeah. Thank yeah. you guys. Like for real. Um, go to robertreapel.com. We will put that in the show notes because it's a little bit tricky, a spell. And um, grab a copy of his book, man, because he has done nothing for this last hour but lay wisdom out in this show. And I'm, I'm forever grateful to that, Robert. So, uh, so oh, thank you. And uh, yes, thank you for coming on. Um, we wrap this up now. I hope I get to uh, get to meet you soon and uh, interview you again in the future. And you've been an amazing guest. So thank you, sir, for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me.
All right, guys, that was uh, Robert Riopel, the author, the international best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and uh, you can find his stuff at robertriopel.com. Jump on there and download uh, that copy of his book and let me know what you think about it. And as always, guys, if you've enjoyed this show and gotten anything out of it, do me a favor, do Robert a favor, do us all a favor, and uh, screenshot this, share it in your comments, post it out on Instagram, wherever socials that you have. You can follow me at Small Business Surgeon, and if you're feeling super generous, run on out and leave us a review. All right, that's it from me today. That's it from Robert. Another huge thanks to him for coming on the show, and we will see you as always on Friday for this week's Friday Fire. You'll be good and stay safe. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.